confusing website to visit. Um, and it's going to take away from time with teachers working with students in the classroom because they're going to have to spend time putting together a curriculum that already exists, that they already have, for a website that isn't needed. That's Todd Fuller, Missouri State Teachers Association. They are against the Parental Bill of Rights currently being debated in our capital city of Jefferson City. Uh, and uh, Missouri State Teachers Association, I don't know technically that it's really a union um, but I think that they have that aura about them, and uh, and I don't know what your take is, John, but it's not like the NEA and Noel Gills. Now, those are some sick individuals, in my opinion, these teachers' unions, even here locally, even here in Missouri. But Missouri State Teachers Association, um, I don't know if you'd call them a union or not, but here's why I'm thinking that this teacher's uh, or the parental bill of rights is a good idea, because the teachers' unions are against it. <laughs> I th- I think that's... That's the only reason I need in the entire world. Teachers unions are against the parental bill of rights. And is what he's saying there, and we hear this all the time, well, we'll enforce the laws we have. Let's do what we're already doing. So he's saying that there's already transparency on one example of the parental bill of rights, which has to do with, hey, post your curriculum online. Teachers don't want to do that. Teachers unions are against that. Doesn't that concern you a little bit? If they're against it, it's probably a good idea. That's what I think. Uh, but it's, it's transparency and things like that. They don't want transparency. They don't want you to know what they're doing to your little kids in schools. They won't, don't want you to know when they're taking them to events and there's performers. They're going to see things they probably shouldn't be seeing at the very least without your permission. It's so, one of those deals. And, and you hear from public schools, all schools, public or private schools and say, well, we really appreciate having the families and the parents involved. And that's what makes it all work. And then when you put up kind of roadblocks to it, yeah. you know, if it's become that complicated, a lot of parents go, well, you know, if I'm not going to get a chance to speak at the school board meeting or air my views, I guess I'll just go sit home. And I'm so I'm also interested. We look at some local uh, school board races that uh, that are going to be coming up. And I've heard uh, I had a good friend who ran for a local school board a couple of years ago. And these people like Noel Gilzow and the NEA, they they will give they they pay you to go campaign for school board members. They pay you in gift cards to go door to door and say, hey, vote for this person that we have. And I get that's how politics works. But, man, on a school level, it's just it's just a different kind of ooze and ick. And I want to talk about this apology letter from the superintendent of the Columbia Public School District. Want to get everybody's take. Include, and I do, you know, we're F and B, man. Fair and balanced. Uh, I do have some comments from somebody that uh, that's positive of, the, of Dr. Yearwood's letter apologizing for... I don't know what he's apologizing for, frankly, as I read it, but we'll get into that. I do want to mention real quick, I thought this was interesting yesterday, funeral yesterday for Tyree Nichols. And this whole thing, I think a lot of progressives are confused because you had a black man beaten to death by a group of five black cops and they don't know how to react. But I love what, and when I say love, I'm being facetious. Reverend Al Sharpton said uh, that if the suspect had been white, police would not have beat him like that that night. Bad cops are bad cops. I've uh, I, these people, and as a it was a reach. Yeah, it was a reach. And as a fifty-two-year-old white guy, you know what? One of my favorite things to talk about, John, getting pulled over, race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting pulled over, <laughs> race. I don't like talking about race, uh, but when you have newsmakers like Reverend Al Sharpton, well, if the guy would have been white, then it wouldn't have happened. Uh, listen, 
cops beat these people senseless probably because they're dick cops, not because somebody is black or Mexican or white. That's my, they're not yeah, going. I wouldn't want, wouldn't want those five guys pulling me over, black, white, or otherwise. And I've heard, I've heard this twice now, and I don't know. It doesn't matter. In my opinion, um, you know, the poor young man is dead. And we saw the video. He was savagely, viciously beaten to within an inch of his life. That inch came a couple of days later in a hospital room. But one of the, and I've heard it twice now, that apparently this guy was, uh, uh, Tyree Nichols was sleeping with one of the officer's ex-girlfriends or their wives or something like that. I don't know if I buy that. Two reasons. Number one, I'm just not that interested. Number two, there's no proof. But another reason is he must have been doing all the wives of those cops because they all beat him pretty handily. So maybe he was sleeping with all five of the girlfriends. I don't know. Welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Mr. Brian Houseworthy's here. Good morning, sir. By the way, somebody, uh, somebody's responsible, but it's not me. That's my Alec Baldwin defense. <laughs> Somebody's responsible, but it ain't me. Somebody said that Deborah Haig, principal at Moberly uh, High School, was going to be joining us at 710. Uh-huh. Uh, she's actually going to be here at 735. Oh, really? Thought, thought there was a problem and somebody confiscated her cell phone or something. <laughs> well, she is going to be talking because on a national, I saw this, uh, the next president of the United States, Ron DeSantis in Florida, said, you know, maybe we should keep cell phones out of classrooms. I'm, I'm a mixed bag on that. Uh, we've learned a lot of things that's happening even here in local schools because kids had cell phones in the schools. Mm. It's almost like a policing thing, really. Uh, but then, hey, what about learning and stuff like that? But I don't know. She's So it's a local school district, Moberly, and this school year, uh, when the kids went to school back in, uh, back in September, new policy. The reaction then compared to reaction now, and maybe if you know of what other school districts are doing, please let us know. 874-9390. She's here at 735. Somebody's responsible for the mix-up. It's not me. There's producer Hannah. Good morning. Mr. Marsh is here. Yes, sir. My name is Brandon Rathert. Uh, Hannah, your initial take, got a letter from the Columbia uh, Public School District. A letter from Dr. Brian Yearwood, who, by the way, the calls continue. They are continuing for him to resign, not just because of this thing where he took little kids to a school district event or to a city event that had drag performers, but his communication I lack thereof and just everything he has done since day one that he's set foot here in mid-Missouri. So when the email came through to our work email... It says it's from Michelle Baumstark, and the subject line in the preview says letter to families. So I click on it, and I'm fully expecting a resignation letter at this point, right? And I'm skimming the letter, and I don't see any part where he says he's resigning. <laughs> and he should. So then you dig in a little more, and you're like, this is the worst apology letter I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and it starts off, I call it kind of the boyfriend apology. I'm apologizing just to try to smooth over, smooth things over without taking responsibility. Uh, in my opinion, he is apologizing because he knows the, the, the efforts are growing for him to leave the district. Not because of this, not because just of the poor test scores, poor communications, but he's just, he's tearing up the community. The community wasn't like this, okay, before Dr. Brian Yearwood got here, all right? Uh, there were not people, by the way, our Attorney General, Mr. Bailey, on Fox again last night, talking in effect, uh, drag shows, things like that. We we don't get this negative national coverage for our community. It's not just the Columbia Public School District. Man, it's where you and I live. It's mid-Missouri. I choose to live here. I take pride in where I live. And this guy's just tossing it in the crapper, man. 
He's bad for the community. He's got to resign. That's one of the things. Uh, this is just to to say, okay, I'll apologize, so that way I don't resign. And his apologize, apology is uh, very poor. Uh, over the last week, first line over the last week, there has been much discussed regarding the city of Columbia's diversity celebration. No. People, unfortunately, were not. The exact opposite is true, Dr. Yearwood. People were not talking about the city of Columbia's diversity celebration. What were they talking about, John? They're talking about the drag show. They were talking about parents and their little kids not knowing they were going to this. Nobody was talking. Unfortunately, they should have been talking about the Columbia Diversity Celebration. They weren't because of what you did, Dr. Yearwood. I recognize there continues to be strong feelings related to the performance. Again, he is wrong. The strong feelings aren't necessarily just tied into that performance. The strong feelings over the past two weeks, which is how long it's been for him to write a letter of apology, and he's only doing it because he has to. The strong feelings aren't about the performance. Again, that's gaslighting. You're bad if you think little kids shouldn't see drag shows. You're a homophobic person if you don't think kids should be seeing. No, there has been no strong feelings about the performance. That's why these people just don't get it. The strong feelings have been related to little kids being at a drag show. And you had the spokesperson for the Columbia Public School District. This is fact. On the city, she was on the board. For the city that planned this event, you had a, a high-ranking school official knew this was happening, and they think it's okay. These people are just so wrong, and they don't get it, or they're gaslighting. Strong feelings related to the performance. No, the strong feelings are related to the lack of communication. He does acquiesce and say, and the communication related to the performance, specifically regarding the level of communication provided to parents, our community frustration. I apologize. Two weeks after the fact, and only to save his rear end. As a district, we continually strive to meet the expectations of our parents and community. Again, I call BS, because one of the lies they, well, only two parents have, have complained. Yeah, because you don't talk to them. That's why they quit coming to you to complain. And one of the parents who did complain, Dr. Yearwood, we have the email. He refused to meet with her. My goodness, these people are just, Wow. Uh, while there may be further disagreement, dialogue, and discourse about how to best move forward, I want to encourage a return to civil and respectful conversation. Civil things like not taking little kids to a drag show. Respectful things, I would assume he's saying, I'm probably wrong. Respectful things like, hey, you're dealing with little kids. Let the parents know what's going on. Respectful to the community, which he has shown none of. No respect for our community. That's why they're talking about us here, mid-Missouri. They're talking about us on Fox News. We're getting national press. Newsweek picked up this story. It's respectful not to do that stuff. Uh, so it's just complete and utter crap. So guess what I did, Hannah? I got onto my favorite. Do new- I want to know? I got onto my favorite new toy, John. Chat GPT. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> and I guess what I had it do. Anyone want to take a guess as to what I had? Write a resignation letter for the superintendent. You're correct, John. I got onto Chat GPT. You want to hear that letter? We need to. Uh, dear. So I went into Chat GPT. Write a letter of resignation because I took little kids to a drag show. Let me know if you, uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm sure the AI generator is like, what the hell? When you typed that prompt in. Right. Let me know if you need help sounding out any of the big words. 
Dear Board of Education, I am writing to formally resign from my position as superintendent of the Columbia Public School District. I have made the difficult decision to resign due to my recent actions of taking students to a drag show, as well as poor communication with the school district and community. And for anyone who might have tuned in in the middle of this, this is Brandon playing with the AI generator. This is not from Dr. Yearwood. This is the chat GPT, man. This thing will do anything for you except milk the cow. So it goes on. I had chat GPT write this letter. These actions have caused concerns and controversy, and I understand that they have compromised my ability to effectively lead the district. This chat GPT, man, it freaks me out. It is so accurate. Uh, I've always, uh, see, I deeply regret my actions, negative impact uh, that it may have had on the district, student, staff, and community. I take full responsibility. <laughs> was that in the real letter anywhere that he actually wrote? Was, no. Was that phrase in there, I take full responsibility? Artificial intelligence could run this dang school district. I got to move forward. We got to do what's hot with Hannah. What's coming up uh, and what's hot with Hannah today? Top that one. <laughs> Has your- this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. It's 726. Time for what's hot with Hannah. You almost had it. Almost. So kids say and do the darndest things. And sometimes kids do things that cost you a little bit of money. Specifically with electronics, right? Kids are smart or not smart. (laughs) One of the two. It could be an accident. Maybe your kid is playing with your phone and accidentally orders something on Amazon or Walmart. Um, But I bet your kid hasn't ever done this. There was a Michigan father who allowed his son to play a game on his phone for 30 minutes. The kid took the phone down to the basement, played his game. Dad went to go get the phone back and put his kid to bed. And a few minutes later, there was a knock on the door. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it was a delivery of five orders of 20 pieces of jumbo shrimp. So his dad was like, huh, that's weird. Smart kid, to your question, whether yeah. he's dumb or smart. Smart kid. Yeah. A few minutes later, another knock on the door. It's a bunch of orders of chili fries. <laughs> a few minutes later, another knock. Got some chicken sandwiches this time. This kid had placed over $1,000 worth of Grubhub orders to be delivered to the house. And because the dad had the credit card information and their address saved to his account on the app, it all just automatically went through, no questions asked. That's crazy. So the dad goes to wake up six-year-old Mason, and he's upset, obviously. (laughs) Hey, Mason, I need a word with you, son. He's like, you know, why did you do this? And all Mason really had to say for himself was, when does the pepperoni pizza get here? There you go. <laughs> so has, I guess my question for the wake-up family is, has your kid ever accidentally ordered something on your phone when you weren't looking? And what was it? I want to know. Eight, well, 874-9390. Hopefully it's not, you know, $1,000 worth of something. But <laughs> and he had a tapeworm. <laughs> what I've done to Brian Hansen, who produces the Gary Nolan show... Um, sometimes he leaves his Amazon account logged in in the studio computer, and I'll add weird stuff to his cart to see how long it takes him to notice. Like feminine products. Yeah, I did that once. I've never actually ordered anything, though, but I've been really tempted just to mess with him. Get him 10 orders of 
fried shrimp and some chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Brian Hansen, he is the star of the Gary Nolan Show weekdays, uh, 9 o'clock uh, here on the uh, radio station. Actually, Tobler, uh, he's here at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Man, what a great local lineup. You know, hey, the, the national shows, Sean Hannity and stuff like that, that's really cool, too. But when you're talking about people like Randy Tobler taking you home with things that are affecting us in mid-Missouri, love the Tobler show. As a matter of fact, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. We got to work creating jobs and securing business investments. Governor Mike Parson, a couple of weeks ago, state of the state, by the way, Fed still debt ceiling. We don't know. And so while all of this is going on. This happened uh, House floor yesterday, Washington, D.C. Jim Jordan, uh, representative, there is a hearing sitting next to him to his left. The state representative, excuse me, the uh, U.S. representative from New York, Jerry Nagler. I now recognize the ranking member, the gentleman from New York, Mr. Nadler, okay. once he completes his phone call. <laughs> For his opening statement. Man. <laughs> and John, you see the video. They're in the middle of this hearing. This important hearing. So important. I can't remember exactly what the hearing was about. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, Neither could the congressman, apparently. <laughs> I knew it was important. And Jerry Nagler is on the phone probably ordering $1,000 worth of uh, jumbo shrimp and chicken wings like the little boy did with his father. Gosh. How many, incidentally, what's hot with Hannah? We do it every morning, 725. Little kid gets a hold of mom and dad's cell phone and starts ordering food. Six years old. How many, because especially when we say it's accidental, I wonder how many buttons. That doesn't sound like it was accidental, even though he was six. You had to go through a lot of steps to pick your stuff out. Yeah, I mean, he ordered from several restaurants, and when confronted about it, he asked when his pizza was going to be there. <laughs> so I would say at least the pizza order was intentional. I don't know about everything else, but Man. I'd say the pizza for sure. And I, well, I went to the Deal Dash, DoorDash website, and they had the pictures there, and he probably just started tapping them. Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks good. Welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. By the way, Governor Parson is going to be joining us this morning, 835. He's going to be here about uh, an hour from now. We're going to drill down on some of the things as it relates to the budget and specifically that uh, employee raise for state employees in the thousands. I'm trying to, and I don't know offhand, but uh, in at least in Cole County, uh, 15, almost 15,000 state employees would have a little bit more money in their pocket. Now, as Governor Parson alluded to there, because of what Joe has done since the tragic events of January the 20th of 2021, uh, that huge raise really means nothing. It puts you back at square one. But still, you think about the thousands of employees between Monotaw and Osage and Randolph counties and, and Audrain. All these counties, number of people getting um, getting more money, I think, is kind of a big deal. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Brandon Rather. There's John Marsh, producer Hannah Bryan. Houseworth is here. Staff is going to be back in a few days. Right now, I want to bring into the show, she is the principal for Moberly High School. Her name is Deborah Haig, and wanted to bring her on. It's a national story. Uh, the next president of the United States, Ron DeSantis from Florida. Said, hey, you know, maybe in schools we should not allow kids to bring phones into classrooms. One local school district that has actually done that and now has some experience is the Moberly School District. And the principal, uh, Mrs. Haig, is joining us on the show now. Welcome in. Thank you for being here. Let me ask you first, wh why the need to implement this policy? Well, I'm glad to be here. And really, it's listening to teachers and their experiences in the classroom and... 
their great need to have cognitive engagement so that students can learn, but the total distraction of cellular devices. Was there, had there been any, uh, were there like specific incidents? Like, did you have kids getting on the cell phones and ordering from Grubhub to have food? Uh, well, to- <laughs> <laughs> not quite there yet, but we, I mean, we've had children answer phones in the middle of class. Um, you know, really Snapchat is their life. Uh, you know, TikTok is the other part of their life. And, and it's constant. And so, you know, that, that dopamine rush that you get with likes and follows and um, that constant, your brain wanting, wanting, wanting is pretty much distracting in comparison to um, wanting to learn about, say, the Revolutionary War. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but, but did you see what, uh, what, what Tracy posted on the Snapchat, man? So, wh- yeah. Right. What was so you said the teachers wanted this, but as you guys had talked about this, Moberly School District had talked about this last year. What were Mm -hmm. parents and students saying? Well, there's kind of a mixed group. It's a polarizing subject, right? Um, And so we had parents who were really for it and those who were really against it. And I think um, it's important to know both sides of those stories, especially that um, the parents who are against it and really it's a fear about not being connected with your child or I mean nationally our school shootings are very scary for parents. And so I I understand that completely. Um, that was something we talked about as we were making that decision. Um, are we doing the right thing? Is it what are the pros and cons? And so I that side of not wanting it as a parent, I can understand. Um, but when you look at the global picture, what we're allowing students to do with cell phones and, and their poor brains aren't developed yet, as which is good. That's We want to develop them in the right way, but um, that doesn't happen. Really now we're finding brain research tell, you know, females a little bit earlier, um, early 20s, but males anywhere from mid to late 20s. And so uh, it, Ms- when we look at screen paint, Oh, like on the pro side, I had a parent who emailed me as soon as we decided and said, I just want to thank you. I looked at my child's screen time on their phone and they spent five hours on with their phone during school. And so that could have been listening to music, but it's also being on their social media. And so she's like, I really appreciate it because it's hard to monitor. Moberly High School Principal Deborah Haig is joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is one school district locally that went to no cell phones in the classrooms uh, and initially a mixed bag. A lot of parents, students against it. A lot of teachers uh, for it want to see how it's uh, how it's going now. She's our guest this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Did you have to get ahead of the technology a little bit? I mean, everybody's got a cell phone, but gosh, not just adults, but kids smartwatches too so they end up leaving their cell phone in the locker they can still access it maybe right that's part of our policy you can't have a smartwatch you can't even have your earbuds because they can connect um you know bluetooth Mm -hmm. to your device and the kids are smarter than us um when it comes to technology and they are very good as a matter of fact if i ever have a question they're my experts and i go to them so we we uh 
we try to troubleshoot anytime we we have a new policy here, and that was one of them. That that's how we troubleshooted well, getting I, rid of those as well. I would think one of the reasons I'm okay with uh, with cell phones inside of a classroom because you have some school districts, and I know it's not morbidly, but you have some uh, mm-hmm. some school districts that allow some pretty shocking things in their schools, and if not for kids uh, coming home, mom, dad, uh, look at what this teacher did at school today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like wow. So let me so. So now we're in February, so we're what, six months into the school year. How is it going? Uh-huh. Well, I would say it's a success. Uh, we've seen our bullying uh, rates go down tremendously. Cell phones, it's much easier to be a keyboard warrior than have a discussion. So that has been amazing. Uh, while kids still want their cell phones, many of them can verbalize that it's better not to have the distraction, you know, task avoidance. And, you know, if you're in the middle of writing a paragraph, but you're thinking, oh, did somebody snap me back? It's really hard to concentrate. And so... It, it really has been very successful. Teachers are pleased. They don't have to fight with the cell phone. Um, our kids really have done a nice job with it. Uh, I've been very proud of, of our kids. They're, they're amazing. So when I was in high school, we had a situation where we were put on lockdown um, because a student had attempted to bring a weapon into the school And because we all had our cell phones and we were stuck in lockdown, um, a lot of us, you know, had been in communication with our parents. And Mm -hmm. that that took place before the school was able to notify parents initially. So there were lots of upset parents because they were finding out from their kids that the school was on lockdown and not the school. So have you guys had to put in any plans in place to increase that level of communication with parents in case something bad does happen? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's always the tricky question, right? That's the balancing act. And so we do want to tell parents as quickly as we can. What happens is if we were to have, God forbid, a crisis at at that level, right? Um, And we are very cognizant and try to stay very aware and go into protocols for safety as soon as we can if we know anything. what happens if every child calls 911? Well, 911, we, we actually talk to first responders and those working in those um, places. And we, we can't have 600, 700 children calling 911. It, it blocks the system, um, you know, so we took that into consideration. It also comes if we were to have a crisis and every parent were trying to get in the school, then we can't deal with the crisis as well. And we we call our trained professionals. So unfortunately, which I think saddens me the most, is that um, it feels as an educator that sometimes the public doesn't trust what we're doing. Um, you think? So think <laughs> you think that happens, Miss? Miss? <laughs> again, nothing, nothing on the Moberly School District, but you're right. you're right. It's, hey, would you? It's a global yeah, epidemic right. that is, Let and me, so I I would really hope that sure. parents would just sure. It, it's about a whole group and right. trust that we we talk about protocols twenty four seven and the best way to keep our kiddos safe. It is our number one priority along with educating them. Mrs. Haig, can you hang out with us for a few minutes? Because uh, um, I want to go back to your sure. point about bullying has gone down, and I want to ask you about chat 
GPT. Oh, yes. <laughs> All Let's right. Let's do it. You can hang out? I sure can. All right. We will put you on hold. We will continue. Because I also want to find out what's been the biggest lesson or if, like, another school district came to you and said, hey, we want to do away with cell phones in the classroom based on your experience. What would you suggest? We'll have more with Deborah Hegg. She is the principal, Moberly High School, here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950K. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Really over. And you know what's going to change? Associated Press did a long piece on this. Now that the, the president has said, and it was the government pandemic, by the way. It was not the COVID pandemic. This was a, a government pandemic not that they created the virus is what i'm saying they created the rules and regulations that really screwed businesses especially here in mid-missouri ap did this like seven page story on okay uh, biden says the pandemic is over what does it mean not much welcome to the show wake up mid-missouri i am brandon rather john mars producer hannah is here we are hanging out with moberly high school principal uh deborah Haig. mostly we just wanted to find out hey so uh at the start of the 2022 2023 school year you implemented a policy no cell phones the reaction from teachers at first was great students and parents mixed bag uh and quickly now, you, you think parents and students seem to be okay with it. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, Mrs. Haig, and we've only got about five minutes here, so I want to make this short, was um, if a school district came to you and said, hey, listen, we want to do what you guys did, what would be your number one piece of advice based on your experience? Like maybe you made a misstep along the way or something you could have done that would have made it easier? Well, I would tell them to do it. Uh, support your teachers, um, support your kids, because that's what you're really doing. Uh, we have found with tracking and making sure we're being fair to all children, getting those systems in place made a few minor tweaks, but we, it was really well thought out and teachers had a huge, I mean, we have great teachers in Moberly and, and they helped develop the system and, um, uh, it is awesome. We've already had schools call and want our um, information okay. and documentation. I was just on a call the other day with a principal in the Northeast region and, you know, talking sure. it through with him. You said bullying incidents have gone down. What's the correlation? They have. Well, we were dealing with a ton of online bullying uh, with Snapchat, um, Instagram posts, all sorts of things. And those because they can't have them in school have depleted, um, which has been lovely. Uh, and if someone's having a disagreement, it, it has to be verbal at school. And so you can hear the verbal and teachers can intervene early before it gets to the point. Um, it, this isn't in all cases because it's, you can't in all cases stop everything, but we've been able to intervene early in many cases, which has been amazing. All right. Our guest, uh, Deborah Hank, she is the principal, Moberly High School, talking about uh, their cell phone policy been in effect for this school year and how it's working. Maybe dating myself, but I remember back to math class when they wouldn't let us bring our scientific calculators into the classroom. But we think about, you know, kids, you know, doing inappropriate stuff on there what about cheating on tests and air dropping inappropriate pictures you know that that would seem like a, a big use of a cell phone in the classroom yes yes it, it has cut down on the cheating uh kids are smart though uh they can figure out a way but that is at least a non-issue 
um, anymore, which is nice. Uh, and then one minute, I want to, it's all Stephanie Bell, who's back in a few days, turned us onto this, I think back in October, this chat GPT, where basically oh, you yes. give it, you say, write a paper on this, and it does it. Mm-hmm. I've seen numerous news stories uh, about how this is just frustrating schools. Has this been an issue in your school district? So that's interesting you ask. We are just starting to figure out what we are going to do. As a matter of fact, as we look at our handbook, we are going to add some AI um, restrictions in there. So we will try, as we did with cell phones, to try to use the technology for kids and teach them how to use it appropriately. Um, And we'll go from there. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, we'll figure out a plan for that as well. We're continuously trying to improve. Deborah, Deborah Hag, here's what I found it useful for. Uh, we had it write a uh, a breakup letter. To a <laughs> we had it write a, a, a resignation letter for uh-huh. Columbia Public School Superintendent, Dr. Brian Yearwood. We have found some uses for it. Before we let you go, I do want to say, and I'm glad that you talked about the teachers as a whole. It's one of the things I, I try my best to remember, especially in some school districts here in mid-Missouri, because I saw this during the race for, for school board races when I would see teachers showing up literally and figuratively hiding in the woodwork because they were afraid of how they would be viewed by district officials at the fact that they were supporting a a candidate that has more conservative, intelligent values. And I do try to remember to say, you know what, there are a lot of incredible teachers 